Hey, what's up, everybody? And welcome to the Get Your Bell Rung Football Podcast. He is Kevin Reynolds. I am Bobby Wall, and we are here to talk all things football and hit you with some takes that might rattle you up a bit. On tonight's show, we will continue looking into some of our favorite draft strategies and take a peek into the NFC North. Kevin, last week we talked about how I have no idea what to do during the intro music. You told me to do the I don't know what to do with my hands thing. Ricky and Bobby. I did it. But there was there was no reaction out of you. Nothing. No, I looked and you smiled. Left, you left me hanging. But you, I'm sitting you, here trying to take care of the, the intro music. That was a I don't smile? have time for your Talladega Nights impersonation. I appreciated you're, it, but what do you what 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 do you want from me? Your smile looks like a scowl. It may not be the last time we visit Will Farrell tonight. Oh, that sounds I don't know how to feel about that. I do love myself some Will Farrell though. So we'll see how this goes. I think that you'll <laughs> you'll get it when you get it. That's, that's okay. All right, we'll we'll roll with it. Um, now you knew from last week that we were doing draft strategies. I don't know if you put any thought into it. My favorite part of last week was that um, obviously you didn't know we were talk- going to talk about it because you don't look at the show notes. But you did say I don't have any draft strategies. And then you rattle off about four of your draft strategies right, right. that you use. Uh, but I have one, and it's uh, it's make your own rankings. And I know that I do it way earlier than you. I do mine in June normally, mostly because I have nothing uh, better to do with my time. But also because once I make them, it's easy to just move a guy here, move a guy there. Um, but for me, I, I don't understand why people buy these magazines and they subscribe to these websites and all that stuff which is great because they put out some good content but for rankings i don't want to have a fantasy football team that somebody else tells me is going to be good i want i want my own guys i want to know i want to do a little research and i want to have the guys that i want on my team not the guys that somebody else wants okay but i mean typically rankings all sort of match up to a certain point it's not like you had Devonte adams at you know, your 73rd receiver. I, I, many years, I don't even make an actual rankings. It's all up here, baby. I don't need to be staring at any Excel sheets or paperwork while I'm drafting. I got things to take care of while I'm drafting. I'll have sheets to stare at. It's too fluid to even care about that stuff. Now, what I will do is I'll write down a few guys that I really want to target. The rest is all just flutter. It's going to be tough for me. Like I set up my league this week weekend. It took many hours. And I got no money to spend. And there's so many rookies I really want to sign. But then you sign on long-term contracts. And then I get screwed when none of them do anything. And I have to pay salary cap penalties for the next five years. It's just a freaking nightmare. It's almost as though because I'm too so invested in this all now that you know too much. And it just blows your freaking mind. And then it makes me nervous to even have a freaking draft. But I have to, my league record, of course, I'm the commissioner. So I have to, I have two screens up. I got so much going on. So I have to run it, be in it. It's madness. Um, Well, Kevin, I'm not a huge fan of giving you too much praise. uh, But I will say this, that you actually, not just in fantasy football, uh, but you're one of the smartest humans that that I've come to know. So... I can understand why you don't make your own rankings. You have it all up here because I can bear witness to the fact that 
there's a lot that uh, fits up in that bulbous head of yours. So it is big. I appreciate it. And I do actually have a very large head. It's hard for me to find shirts that'll fit over it. It's hard to find <laughs> hats that fit it. Unfortunately, my daughter has this same affliction. But uh, I fully appreciate the backhanded compliment. Thank you. Oh, man, absolutely. Um, and then another draft strategy I have is to make sure you pay attention to how the draft is proceeding. So and not just with the positional value. So, you know, if you're drafting 10th in the first round and you want a running back, but nine running backs have gone, well, you got the double one wide receiver wait for you. But also, especially if you're picking towards the beginning or the end of a round, you want to make sure that you know what the other teams between your two picks have. So, for instance, if I'm sitting in the fifth round and I'm thinking, man, you know, I could use a quarterback or I could use a tight end or something like that. And I look, what I want to do is I want to check out, if, let's say I'm picking 10th. I want to see who's picking 11th and 12th. Because if they already have a tight end, if they already have a quarterback, chances are they're not going to take another one. So I, I can pass on that position now. I can take my running back or my wide receiver right then and then pick up my, you know, whatever position I needed that those other guys already have on the way back. I don't have to jump that pick. You know what I'm saying? Give myself a little more um, positional value, a little more value with, um, with you know, the round I'm picking, all that stuff. So that's just another, and that's a small strategy, but one that could pay dividends where, you know, that running back or that wide receiver I took rather than the quarterback or tight I didn't need to take because they weren't going to go, that can pay off big for you in the end. Okay, that's a very valuable in a standard draft. On that same note, in like my auction draft, a big thing is keeping note, although the the draft tab does it for you, how much money your other people, how your teammates have, or league mates have to spend. I'll sometimes yoke the price up on some player just because I know that this guy in my division does not have, he might, even if he has money, I know he's not going to spend that much on a player because he's simply, then he's just done. He's just going to sit there the rest of the draft and wait for a bunch of $2 no-names. So it's very important keeping track of dollars uh, and the gamesmanship in my league because we've all been doing this for so long. I mean, guys will just – they know who in the league is going to keep being a homer, keep spending, 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 and we'll just raise it up with no intention of actually winning the player. Every once in a while, you get the screws put to you on that. But more times <laughs> than not, a guy ends up going for 51 that would have only gone for 41, and now you just cost somebody else 10 bucks, which is huge in, in a league, or this my particular oh. league it is. Um, you got to think if you're, you know, if you're going into a draft and your, um, your auction draft and your, your total is what, 200, 250. That's normally average. I 250 think 250 is ours. Right. It, you screw someone out of 20 bucks, man. And we're talking 10%. It's massive. Right? It's that's massive. Exactly. For sure. Um, and and yeah. for a guy you don't even want anyway. Now, again, you said sometimes you get the screws put to you. That's dangerous. But again, like I we talked about last week, know your league. Know your, you know Maybe who you can do it to and mates, know right. who you can't. The problem I have in my league, and many of our league mates would attest to this if we ever had them on here, when I start bidding on a player and they know that it's real, the price shoots through the freaking roof because they figure if I'm bidding high on this person, then I must feel hot, really good about them. And it's very difficult at times for me to get players because unlike a redraft league or a snake league, whatever we want to call it, a standard league, Everybody has access to these players. I can't just say, I want Sky Moore. Sky Moore might bid up to 45 bucks because I'm bidding on him. 
Same thing. So you actually were a part of this. I don't know if you were part of the first round or the second round of this, but I had, there were three guys that I was in two separate leagues with. You were also in one of my leagues that they were in. And I was in a draft and I started taking guys and they were like, what? This guy and this guy? I don't understand. The A few days later, a week later, I had the second draft with them. And each of those guys that questioned my picks started taking those picks around before I took them in the previous draft. So it's basically the same thing as your auction where they yeah. bid you up, but they were taking my picks in the next draft because I was they were in that we were in two leagues together. And boy, I was hot. Don't oh, yeah. don't question don't question my picks one week and, and and the next week in the same draft start taking my guys. It's the price uh, we pay for being geniuses yeah. and devilishly handsome. Well <laughs> nothing I can do about that. So, all right, sir. Um, before we get started in this NFC North, I do want to say if you're watching a video, I don't have the normal get your bell on football podcast background. I am doing this show on uh, on site at a another local brewery to me in Greenville, North Carolina, technically Winterville at Naughty Dog Brewery. It's a great spot. Um, I know last time I was at Local Oak Brewery, this place, just like Local Oak, has an outdoor spot. I was actually here with my girlfriend and my son running around outside playing, digging in the dirt making a big old mess. Uh, dogs are here and families and all stuff. It, it, it's a great spot. So again, Greenville, Eastern North Carolina, swing by Naughty Dog is a, is a fantastic spot. And yeah. it's like 80, it's like 80 yards from the other place. Yeah, you, you just go, walk back and forth. You can go there, drink a beer and dig in the dirt. Yeah. <laughs> hey, if, when you're four, <laughs> when you're four years you old, that's it. With the crap you say. My family's from Southern West Virginia. We're here so at this bar I, digging in I get the dirt. It <laughs> what the hell? Who says that? We get it honest, man. We get it honest. <laughs> All right, sir. Let's get this thing going. Chicago Bears, they are plus 15,000, which is not good. They were 6-11 and 11 last year. Third in the NFC North. They were 27th offense, 22nd defense. 30th in passing yards. Now, luckily for them, they have a new head coach, Matt Eberflus. He's coming in after four years as the Colts defensive coordinator. His offensive coordinator, Luke Getze, was Green Bay's quarterback's coach. That's got that's got to feel good if you're a Chicago fan. Some big losses. They traded away Khalil Mack, and they lost <laughs> – quote, they lost Allen Robinson. He really wasn't even there last year, even though he was on the team. Uh, they did add Jaquan Brisker and Kyler Gordon, two good defensive backs in the draft. Their offensive line right now is ranked 31st, not great. So six wins again this year. No way. Is, is that high? Are, it feels high, right? These guys are high. battling for 30 for the for the number one overall pick. And then they on top of to it be. all, who who likely is your best player on your entire team comes out this morning and demands a trade. Roquan Smith. I mean, linebacker. So it, it's just, I, I guess the only thing you could say with these guys, they've got nowhere to go but up because they are, it's, this is one pathetic squad. Well, technically, they're going to, if they won six games last year and they only went four, they're going to go down this year. But after this year, there's only one way to go, and that's up. There you go. And it's interesting because moving on to the next team, the Detroit Lions, they had the same odds to win the Super Bowl plus 15,000. They were three, 13 and one last year, last in the division. I feel great about them. I feel great about the direction they're headed. They're 25th in offense, 31st in defense. Obviously not good. Um, But I don't know that they lost anyone of significance that I could think of. 
They added DJ Chark, wide receiver. They added Jamison Williams, who some people, granted he's hurt, some people had him as the best receiver in the draft. And they got Aiden Hutchinson, who yep. was the best player in the draft. They have the third-ranked PFF uh, offensive line. They were also surprisingly 10th in pace of play last year, which I feel like you, in your mind, you're like, man, they're running the ball, they run the ball, run. They were 10th in pace of play. That's quick. They have an awesome head coach. I love Dan Campbell. Yep. And I don't know if you saw any clips from – um, hard knocks, but their assistant head coach and running backs coach, Deuce Daly, and Aaron Glenn, their defensive coordinator. Man, I saw some clips. They get after each other in practice, like head to head, talking trash. Yeah. Both sides, why the players are playing. It is that atmosphere. I, as a former football player, I would love to play in that atmosphere. Yeah, this that, is a, yeah. what they're building. Mm. This is a football mm. team, baby. You know yes, what I love best yes, about their yes. all season? No BS, no chirping, no anybody whining about anything. Zero. I think that whole team's on board with Campbell. He has some of the best one-liners around. I look at their lineup, top to bottom. I don't see any reason why they can't compete in this division. I'm not going to sit here and say they're going to win it. If they do, though, it's not going to surprise me. I'm not expecting it, but it's not going to surprise you. With all the other turmoil in that division, this is a real freaking team now, dude. They've got playmakers. They've got on offense right. and defense. They got great coaching. I, I more and more I like them more and more. And would it be anything better for the NFL than the Lions to be relevant again? Oh man, I again, I I'm a fan of a different team in the NF in the NFC. If the Lions make the playoffs, I will be more excited than if my Eagles make yeah, the playoffs. I'd be, I'd and I don't it. know I what that says. Awesome. I don't know what that says about me as an Eagles fan. But, dude, they've been so bad for so long. Yep, I would love it. I would love it. It's a oh. whole change of atmosphere there. But this is the year he's going to have to show – they're going to have to show it on the field. But they were competitive in so many games. Hell, last year they lost to the Ravens simply because freaking Justin Tucker set an all-time record 66-yard field goal that doinked off the crossbar and flew up in. You know, little things like that. They were competitive in so many games. So one of my best friends, uh, I talked about him actually uh, last week on the show, Dan Coons, the guy who did the no running back before yeah. no running back was was popular. <laughs> I we me and a couple other guys were in a group text. We we texted him. We were like, dude, you guys are going to beat the Ravens. This is crazy. And it was like fifth. There was like forty seconds left, and he texted. He goes, "Not a chance." I'm a Lions fan. Don't get excited yet. Trust me. And we're like, are you kidding me? This is unreal. Like, I can't believe this is happening. He goes, don't get excited. Trust me. And sure enough, 66-yard NFL record field goal. Dude. Oh, I felt so bad for him. Oh, I love it. I was sitting in the living room. I literally, I'm up. It was like when the Braves won the World Series back in 91. Or I'm just, or actually not the World Series, but when they beat the Giants for uh, when Sid Bream slid home. I think I'm up just screaming, jumping. Practically hitting the ceiling. I was just so freaking pumped. I had to scream out at one point, you got to be blank kidding me. I mean, it was everything about it. It was just glorious. 66 freaking yards. I guess you just saw he got the – he's the highest paid kicker in the league now. What, four-year, 24 mil? Probably best, probably best kicker of all time. Yeah. Okay, let's all move right. on. Green Bay Packers, they are fourth best odds at winning the Super Bowl, which blows my mind at plus 1,000. They were 13-4 and four last year. Obviously, first in their division. 
They're the 10th best offense and the 13th best defense. They had the, um, they, well, right now, as long as everyone's healthy, PFF says they have the fifth best offensive line, but they got some injury issues there. So we'll see how this pans out, how the beginning of the year works. Two big time losses, Devontae Adams and Zadarius Smith on the defensive side of the ball. They did <laughs> go sort of all in on receivers. They didn't take one in the first round when they could have, but they did take Christian Watson Our boy. Uh, in the second round. Well, I know. Sammy Watkins, they signed. Romeo Dubs, they drafted. Uh, and they took Quay Walker, who was their uh, first-round pick. Much like the Cowboys we talked about last week, this team is going to ride or die with their quarterback, Aaron Rodgers. If This is it, man. This is his test. He, he swears he's the reason they win games. Well, we're going to find out for sure because he lost his boy, Devontae. Um, and honestly, because of that, I struggle to see, I struggle to see how they dominate the NFC again without him. I, I they're out of division. Dude, he's been division. around forever. They're like the Packers are are like the Steelers of the NFC. These receivers leave, and the next guy steps up, and all of a sudden, this guy's a household name. It just happens time after time. I, I think I said last week, Aaron Rodgers. I'm going to trust him until. He proves to me he can't be trusted. The dude's a, a freak. This is not, I mean, yeah, maybe they'll struggle a little early, but imagine if Kristen Watson can just do 75% of what he did in college. Sweet Lord, he'll be the biggest but, weapon in the NFL. But listen to listen to these out-of-division games. At the Bucks, probably a loss. At the Bills, probably a loss. Versus the Cowboys, at the Eagles, versus the Rams. Those are five games that aren't going to be tough. They only lost four games total last year. That's going to be tough. We'll, we'll see what happens. All those teams have their own challenges and changes. I, I don't know. I mean, I, I'm not going to say it's a great thing to lose Devontae Adams. I'm not saying that, but the dude always finds a way to win. He's been a winner his entire career. He hasn't racked up Super Bowls, so people knock him for that. But the dude's a beast, and I, I until he proves otherwise, I it's hard to not trust in the guy. I'll take it. Vikings, they were plus 4,000 this year uh, to win a title. They were 8-9 and nine last year, second in the Division II Green Bay, 14th in offense, 24th in defense. They tied the NFL record for most one-score games this last year. Yeah. And seven of their eight losses were by one score. Think about that. If the ball bounces a different way a couple times, this we could be thinking about the Vikings in a completely different way. They, yeah. This, dude, this they, is like this is like Russ. Let Kirk cook. I can't wait to watch this freaking <laughs> yeah, offense throw up I agree. 41 points a game. I can't freaking wait. Everything you read out of camp is this fast-paced thing where even Kirk is like, oh, I've been waiting for this my whole career. I can't wait to freaking watch it. It's going to be – even if they lose games, they're still going to score 40. Well, they didn't really lose anyone. They, well, Anthony Barr, linebacker, but they added Jordan Hicks, who's a tackling machine. And we just talked about the Packers' loss to Darius Smith. Well, guess where that dude went? Yep. Minnesota, buddy. And they drafted Andrew Booth, who's, a, who's I think is going to be a solid cornerback. They need help on defense, and they made a conscious effort to get it done. They were 24th. Well, dude, okay, they got let's... our boy, too, Lewis Seen. You're absolutely. On 100%. top of it all, he might be the best of all the ones they got there. This, 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 the, this is a contender, dude. This is a team, the, the classic, nobody wants to play them in January. And a Probably the biggest thing for them. Now, obviously, it's tough to learn a new scheme and this and that, blah, blah, blah. But, dude, they they got Mike Zimmer out. And I love Mike Zimmer. I love him best as a defensive mm -hmm. coordinator. But 
as a head coach, it's a little iffy. Yeah, it's not they 1977 Ke- anymore. Right. They got Kevin O'Connell in. He was the offensive coordinator for the Rams under Sean McVay. And we all know that anyone who has ever even made eye contact with Sean McVay, they get a coaching job somewhere doing something. Uh, but his, the offenses are pretty good. And hey, hold his that offensive- thought real quick. Sure. How do you think your former partner feels about that? Because after all, Sean McVay's the worst coach of all time. How do you think right. he felt last year when the Rams Super, Super Bowl? Do you think he gave him even 1% of credit or he they won in spite of him? I don't know. He he probably wasn't happy about it. <laughs> I um, was. Although I, I actually well, wanted the Bengals to win. So did I. If only he would have seen Ramsey fall down. <laughs> <laughs> I love Is this going to be up. another one of those things that you bring up once uh, a week? It would have been the Bengals Super Bowl. And I went out there and listen to Matt Stafford in his zero accolades and one Pro Bowl. Didn't even win the Super Bowl MVP. I got to listen to this crap about how he's going in the freaking Hall of Fame first ballot. He doesn't belong on the 100th ballot. Back to the Vikings. Frustrating. <laughs> uh, offensive coordinator Wes Phillips, he, he's coming with him from L.A. And the new defensive coordinator, Ed Donatel. He's been running defenses forever, including Denver's defense last year. That was the third best scoring defense on planet Earth. So one thing I'm struggling with understanding here is that you are so excited about the Lions and they can win the division. You can't see anyone really taking down Aaron Rodgers and the backers, but watch out for the Vikings. So who's who are you picking here? Who do I would I pick to win the division? Yeah, I had to pick one. I'd still pick the Packers. But watch out for these other teams. Doesn't mean I think they're terrible. Like any of them are terrible. They could all have double-digit wins. I don't think Detroit will, but I'm just saying if they did, it wouldn't surprise me. But I expect Minnesota and Green Bay both to make the playoffs. That's fair. All right, quarterback, sir. Chicago Bears, Justin Fields. He started 10 games last year. And I'm telling you, man, Twitter, fantasy football Twitter is on fire for Fields. Like if people are like, you know, I'm not taking a quarterback. I'll just wait. I'll take Justin Fields late. I am not doing that. I understand his legs are enticing. And you can take that comment how you wish. But he didn't look good okay. while playing football. <laughs> I, I I watched him on, on TV. It didn't. It's he didn't look good. He's on a second system in two years. He has almost no weapons. Um, Chicago, they're probably going to have to lean on the run. I don't see how they can lean on the pass. His QBR was 26. He was 44th in points per game. 0. 0.04 points ahead of Mr. Andy Dalton, the other Chicago Bears quarterback. His receivers as a whole, their target separation was ranked ninth. He still only completed 59% of his passes. Rushing is a key for quarterbacks. I get it. Fields rushed for over 40 yards four times. But he's not good yet. Maybe he will be. I don't know. Arguably the worst weapons. In... All right. Would you rather have the, the Bears weapons or the Bucks weapons? I'm sorry. The Bears weapons or the Texans weapons? Obviously. Like... Yeah. Well, I got a little alliteration problem there. Wait, I was Lord, just, I was the Bucks. Throw, throwing bees out there. The Bears weapons or the Texans weapons? Okay, doesn't matter. You thought about it. And bears. That's, that's, I'd that's take all the bears. I I'd take the Bears. But the fact that you had to think about it is, that's it. That's all I need. Yeah, but they have Montgomery and Mooney. 
they're better than anybody on Houston, so I'd 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 take them. Would you take Cooks or Mooney? Mooney. I think Mooney will be a target monster this year. You're insane. Thank you. Appreciate that. Not means a, a lot coming I, from means a lot coming from you. I, I take Cooks a hundred times out of a hundred over Mooney. It's not even close. Cooks is a he's a wide receiver too. Okay. Mooney is what maybe a wide receiver three. Mm. Okay, you you do you, buddy. Oh, gosh. You I've never you. been so I've never been so mad at you in my life, and I don't even care about Cooks or Mooney. <laughs> that makes you mad? No, not at all. <laughs> Okay, let's move on for Justin Fields because he's really not worth talking about. He's going seventeenth okay. in quarterbacks, hundred twenty first overall. If somebody takes him there, congratulations, well done, thank you. So let's move on to someone that's going even lower than him, Jared Goff. Uh, dude, he's honestly he's not fantasy relevant outside of two QB or super flex leagues, and I'd rather not have him even then. He does have two years of over forty six hundred passing yards and a year of thirty plus touchdowns. Yeah. But last year's 27th in yards per attempt. Uh, he's 32nd in 32nd in red zone accuracy. It's just oh how the mighty have fallen. That's all I know. you can he, really say about him. He's a serviceable he, starter now. That's about it. He was second in clean pocket completion percentage, and they have the third ranked offensive line now. So that's actually saying something because if they can keep him clean, then that's going to go to your whole. Watch out for the Lions deal. They got because, some weapons. Yes, he can get it to them for sure. And they're not afraid to air it out. He had eight games of thirty of thirty-five or more pass attempts in a game. Dude, so look at his some... look at his weapons. Swift, St. Brown, Chark, Jameson Williams, and Hawkinson. That's a freaking star-studded squad. I know. That's some serious freaking playmakers there. There's not a weak link in there. It, it's better than he ever had for the Rams. Yeah, and you got Josh Reynolds, Khalif Raymond backing people up. Man, this is a team. Justin Jackson's there now. He played with Josh Reynolds play, in L.A. Because Jamal Williams will be the backup. But, man, they've got some players. If he can't do well with this, then he's not going to do well with anybody. This is the make-or-break season for him. He certainly has better weapons than Aaron Rodgers, but Rodgers may not need them. Um, and, honestly, he's like – He's sort of like Patrick Mahomes, right? We we don't have a whole lot to say. He was QB five last year, thirty seven touchdowns and four interceptions, almost seventy percent completion percentage. You know, over the last four seasons, he's had one hundred and thirty six passing touchdowns, fifteen interceptions. Yeah. That is insane. It, that that is, I just I can't. It's, it's hard to comprehend one hundred and thirty six touchdowns and fifteen picks. Hey, it makes sense. Doesn't make bad decisions. That's why if if you're not where you're supposed to be on a route, you don't play for seven weeks. And he's he going to be, be, and he's so accurate that the guy's just—he's Aaron Rodgers. What can you say? He's QB ten right now. All of uh, that back to back NFL MVPs. Now, I see here, but yeah, ten. QB 11, 11. Yeah. Okay. All right. That's and honestly, I have him at QB eleven. I, but, but every I year he exceeds every freaking year, every, every year. year. And somebody gets him in my league for some middle of the road price, and he ends up in the like top three or four scoring. So what are we all doing? So what are we doing? What, so why don't I have him higher? Why don't you have him higher? I don't know. It's just it's just because when you look at the other names, they inspire so much like excitement. But then this guy just keeps on keeping on. MVP two years running now. I mean, he, the numbers are sickening. 
He'll even occasionally get you a couple rushing yards. I don't know. I don't know why. Well, Maybe it's just because people don't like him because of his vaccine stance and his long hair and his endless girlfriends and he hates his family. Maybe people don't like him because of all that stuff. Honestly, it sounds it sounds stupid, but you're probably right. And I I bet that has something to do with when your own brother gets on like the bachelor, bachelor, or whatever it was, it's like, yeah, we don't we don't really like him. We don't invite him to Thanksgiving. It's like maybe this guy sucks. Yeah. But not in fantasy. He's great. No, because none of that stuff matters. There's no negative points for fifteen called off engagements, non vaccinations, and long hair. I saw today this thing like he's taking these hallucinogens at some camp in Belize or somewhere. Yeah. And, Central America, but it turns out it's not on the banned substance. He says he's a changed man. Like, did you okay. hear? Did you hear about the experience? Not really. A- no. Apparently, when you do this, you throw up on yourself and you crap your pants, and it's okay. and it's awesome. And that's enlightening. That's okay. not, I'm doing, yeah, more cartoon. Uh, 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 that doesn't sound enlightening to me. But hey, if, if that gets him NFL MVPs and back to back years, good for you, dude. He's a monster. Let's move on. Yo, dude, and you're going to get real excited about this. Kirk Cousins, buddy. He's dreamy. He's dreamy. Dude, you and I have said for years how undervalued Cousins is. He puts up some pretty good numbers, man. He, it's he's really only for- one reason. And I don't care what anyone says. We could call it controversial or, or whatever. If he didn't wear his Christianity on his sleeve, people would love him. But since he does, everybody scoffs. I don't really care what religion you are. If you get me fantasy points, you can be a Satanist. I just want the, the damn points. <laughs> the one thing that he doesn't have going for him is he he has he kind of has anchors for feats for for feats. He has anchors for feats. Yeah, yeah he, he both doesn't of get them. both feats points now. Um, but since he became the starter in two, in twenty fifteen with the then Redskins, he was QB eight, five, and six. He went to Minnesota 11, 15, 11, and last year he was eleven. He had 33 passing touchdowns last year, only seven interceptions. And over the last three years, he's 94 and 26. That's not Aaron Rodgers' numbers, but it's not that far off. Kevin O'Connell, the new coach, has already said he wants to open this offense up. He wants to throw up more. And, dude, with Justin Jefferson and Adam Thielen, they got Irv Smith at tight end as soon as he gets healthy. Plus, Dalvin Cook can catch passes. J.J. Osborne's a a badass number three. Yes, this is a recipe to get Cousins, not just in the top 10, but this is a recipe to get him back in the top five, which is a place he's already been. So you may remember at the end of the season, I sent you a little thing. Player uh, A, Kirk Cousins, his seven years as a starter. Player B, this other guy, his seven best seasons ever. And we Mm -hmm. looked at the stats. The problem Cousins was I knew exactly what almost was. every single meaningful mm-hmm. category, almost all of them. Kirk Cousins vilified. He has to fight for his job every offseason. The other one, Matt Stafford, the greatest quarterback who ever lived because he lucked Here into a Super Bowl. Here we go. But Cousins blows him out of the water in every meaningful statistic except one Super Bowl win. But, dude, I hear you. Listen, it's, it's just frustrating because people just pick and choose who they're going to like. But when it comes to fantasy, I don't give two craps. I just want points. I have cousins at twelve. He's right behind Aaron Rodgers for me. Yeah, I. I, I mean, right. I guess that's where he should be. I don't know. He's going fourteenth now, one hundred seven. That's end of the it's ninth steal. round. To steal for the guy who's probably going to start for you. Yeah, it's uh, 
Can you, you imagine? Know I get worked up when we talk about Kirk. Can, can you imagine streaming quarterbacks and Kirk Cousins is on your waiver wire? Yeah, I mean, any given week, the guy might throw up four TDs and 330 yards. Yeah. And now that they're going to throw even more, I mean, they've straight out said it. It's not like this is maybe the, the coach, the whole staff has said, the every player at camp said, yeah, this offense is just going to light it up. This is just wide open now. It's like freaking right. Kurt Warner Rams. Hammer down, buddy. It'll be fun. All right. David Montgomery, last year's RB21. He missed four games. He was RB17 in points per game. Uh, he was running back 25 as a rookie. Running back four in 2020. He's not efficient. He really That's not really his game. He's a compiler. <clears throat> he rarely leaves the field, which is exactly what you want in a fantasy running back. He was second in snap share, ninth in carries, fifth in red zone touches. Those things are important. Uh, and he does rely on his pass game chops. He was he was ninth in route participation. He has over 50 targets two years in a row. He was 42nd in yards created per touch. He was only 3.8 yards a carry. Again, he's not efficient. He's not going to do a whole lot for you as far, you know, if he only got 10 carries a game, he's not Tony Pollard, which we talked about, right? He's not going to, he's not going to look good out there. It, he's just going to make it happen. Yeah. The only thing I worry about is Khalil Herbert because when he played last year, he looked awesome. And in the four games that, that Montgomery was out, Khalil Herbert had rushing totals of 75, 97, 172, and he averaged almost four and a half yards a carry. We got a new regime in Chicago. Are they going to just hammer David Montgomery into the ground, which is what we want? Or are they going to start getting Khalil Herbert in there more touches? My bigger worry is not that. It's that how many designed runs for Justin Fields how much will he start eating into those carries inside the five? Mm-hmm. And he's an awful passer, which means stacked boxes. He has literally almost everything going against him other than the fact that he's the best playmaker on their team. Everything else is is a, is a negative for him to, to that he's going to just go nothing but down. Uh, yeah. But he'll still throw uh, in a really strong game here and there because he's a good player. I, I would like to look at um, Justin Fields' targets to running backs in college. I know that wasn't a big part of Ohio State's game. They didn't have to do that with the ridiculous wide receivers that they had. Um, but I would like to see it. I, and uh, as far as Montgomery going uh, against stack fronts, he was 33rd in percentage of stack front rates, which that seems kind of weird to me why the teams would not stack the box against him, but it only happened 11% of the time for him. So that is, that doesn't make sense to me. And if I'm a defensive coordinator this year, I'm stacking that box constantly, but we better move on here. We got to keep yeah, this show well, rolling. It's it's good. Well, and we're saying that because we're starting it. We started a little after nine and this place is going to kick me out at 10. So we we really got to work on getting this. Yeah, we got 15 minutes here. It's all good, man. It's all good. We'll get it. Uh, DeAndre Swift, uh, he was RB19 last year, RB13 in points per game because he missed some time. Uh, And I'm pretty sure he was RB7 before getting hurt in week 11. Seven. Um, Eight of his 10 foolish games 
Uh, I say that because he, he, you know, going out, he had double digit carries. Also in those ten games, he had um, six, five or six catches or more in a lot of those uh, games he was out there. The Lions were only twenty first in rushing attempts, but again, Swift makes his living catching the ball. Jared Goff loves checking down. He was fourth in running back targets while still missing basically five games. And when he when they brought him back, he they they did they used him sparingly. He was first in yards created per touch. And four weeks, he was a top five back. Yeah, he's going number nine running back right now, 15th overall. He's a good player. You trust him a lot more than I do. Um, I want to, and I'm coming along more and more, like I told you earlier, with the Lions here, all their skill players. So uh he might have a he might have a strong year. Like I said, uh, um this offense could blow up. I'd like him in the back end of the first. I'd like him to be on the field more often, though. Misses way too many games. Yeah, I hear For me you. to take him in the first round, I mean, I need a guy that he's what? This is his third season, right? This will be his third. Yeah, he missed, what, like six games in year one, five games last year. I mean, misses too much time for a first-round pick. And I know that's a huge thing. You always tell me that you don't like taking the guy in the first round that has that's never even come close to playing a full season. I like to limit the risk. Right. Well, that's a lot of risk, don't you think? Um, as long as he can get me 12, no, well, 17 game season. Give me 14 games where you're getting six to 10 targets a game. He's going to make up for that because I can find the fill in for the couple weeks that he's going to be out. Okay. I don't love it. Don't no, get me wrong. I don't love it. But if I'm picking, if he if if he's getting to me at 10, 11, 12, I can I can deal with that. It's tough um, in my league with sixteen teams to have a running back that you sure. can't trust to be on the field every week. Sure. As a matter of fact, not yeah. just you can't trust, but you can trust that he definitely won't be on the field every week because you just you. get so freaking handcuffed. You just yeah, it's just impossible with a guy that you just spent sixty dollars on that plays twelve games, eleven games. It's it's it kill. It, you're just dead, dead duck. Well, Another guy that misses games basically every year is Aaron Jones. He's going as yep. RB12 right now. Two years ago, he was RB5. Three years ago, he was the second running back in all of fantasy. He has over 60 targets three years in a row, and I think that should go up. Uh, we we said this before. A lot of times, vacated targets on a team like Devontae Adams is gone. A lot of times, vacated, vacated targets go to the running backs. Um, and I feel that we forget that he has two top five fantasy finishes. I think he's a little underrated. Now, A.J. Dillon obviously puts a dent in his ceiling, but if his 52 catches and six receiving touchdowns increase, watch out, dude, because just like um, rushing stats are the key to quarterback production in fantasy, receiving stats are the key to fantasy production in running backs. I mean, look at you know Aaron Jones and Austin Eckler. Chris McCaffrey. That's how they. That's how they make a living. Yeah. He was ninth. He was ninth in red zone touches. He was eleventh in yards a touch. He was ninth in yards created per touch. This guy's got some moves. He's got some wiggle. And if I'm Aaron Rodgers, he notoriously only trusts guys that he's been with for a while. Aaron Jones has been there for a while, right? That's his guy. He knows where Aaron Jones is yep. going to be, dude. I I, I kind of like him a lot. I heard a stat on uh, SiriusXM Fantasy Radio. 
it gave stats for Jones during each game that Devontae Adams missed, and the stats were ridiculous. It was like he averaged like 35 points a game when Devontae Adams was out. It was something unheard of. Yeah. I had him and Dylan in my league of record last year, and it was just so frustrating. Every There were weeks, actually, there were weeks because of injuries and buys and things where I played them both. One of the weeks was awesome, and I think they both like had two touchdowns, but Jones is just so hit or miss. I was really hoping he'd leave. And AJ Dillon will just be the clear cut starter. And I have a starting running back on a high scoring team for four dollars. It would have been one because I have him under contract for five years. Um, Jones, I would Smart. have to franchise, and that's how I'm, so I'm franchising Justin Jefferson. Um, yeah, I, I love the guy, he can play, but man, it's just inexplicably sometimes he'll just throw out the biggest freaking duds. It can be so frustrating, but overall, yeah, he's a great guy, he's a, he's a playmaker, he's amazing. Anybody would. Anybody should be happy to have him on their team. Well, even Dylan's currently RB26. He had almost 200 carries last year, 800 yards and five. So I'm saying I, I had weeks where I played them both in a 16 team league. Yeah. That's a starter. You're the 26th ranked player. There's 32 starters that you're a starter. I don't know why he didn't play him every week. He ended up being like RB20. Couldn't because early in the season, he year. wasn't playing enough. And I had other people. And plus, my league is actually, I don't have to start him. It's a one running back, two wide receiver, two flex. So I could play one running back, four wide receivers. Well, this may have been the year to do that. So I don't. You still have him. I don't know if you still have Jones, but I don't because I can only franchise one player, and that's going to be you. who were Justin Jefferson. Because there's precedent, right? We we already know that you know Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt as recently as 2020, they were both top ten running backs. Yep. And if you told me at the end of the year Jones and Dylan were both top ten running backs. I'm not going to put money on it, but I would believe you. Yeah, it's not. It's, it wouldn't it's, be it's completely... not that far fetched. No, it's not. It just happened. What two years ago? Three years ago. Yeah. Right. Right. AJ. So I just said what I say. Aaron Jones was ninth in red zone touches. AJ Dillon was twelfth in red zone touches. Not percentage. Total touches. Yeah. Both of these guys get the ball in the red zone, man. And look, Adams is gone. I, I know we've said it a hundred times, but he's gone. Who are they going to go to in the red zone? Why not your two running backs who you already have done it with? No, I can't argue that. Like I said, I played them both frequently. And not because I had to either, because I wanted to. He's good, man. And it, honestly, I wasn't big on Dylan coming out of college, but. Oh, dude. I was, man. I got him a $2 contract for five years. Glorious. I'm just waiting, Fantastic. waiting. For Jones to go, but he decided to sign that contract. Really, I remember texting you that day. I was, I was terribly, terribly agitated. Dalvin Cook, not not something we someone we need to argue over because, dude, over the last three years he's been RB five, RB three, and he was RB fifteen last year. He's going to go up again, right? He he had a huge touchdown drop off. He scored six rushing touchdowns last year. He had thirteen and sixteen the previous two seasons, dude. He still averaged almost five yards carries, 4.7. He's actually going to regress back towards the mean. So he is going to have a positive regression, your favorite little thing there, right? So stupid. His, his health is the deal. No matter what, if you take Dalvin Cook, you're going to have to reach for Alexander Madison to lock down that running back position because it's so valuable. The Minnesota Vikings, you need to have the running back, and they only have one. It's either Cook or it's Madison, depending on health. So yeah, you can make the argument he's the the number one true. 
him or Pollard, the number one and two true handcuffs. Because yes. Hunt's not a handcuff. Hunt Hunt's his own thing. A.G. Dillon, his own thing. Melvin Gordon, his own thing. Um, Yeah, this dude, he, he there's nowhere he can go but up unless he gets hurt. I mean, all you had to do was look at, like, say, a once and done last year. Dalvin Cook gets hurt. Almost every single person in the league plays Alexander Madison the very next oh, week. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you know, because that's absolutely. he's a true plug-and-play number two. Uh, yes. And yeah, I so, have some yeah, what, sadness. What, 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 how, what a luxury to have him as your number two running back. Yeah. I, and I have some sad news. I actually had to uh, take Dalvin Cook, and I moved him to my running back three spot, which was where your boy Joe Mixon lived. And Mixon is now my RB4. No, that's your foolishness. Well, and, and honestly, you might be right. Well, and the thing is, we'll Mixon see. will never be on any of my teams because he's a Bengal, so it doesn't even matter really to me all that much. Well, there we go. I paid the price for violating the laws of the fantasy gods. What a fool. You did. What a fool. <laughs> you God. wouldn't have violated any laws if you didn't make them in the first place. I violated the laws, and the fantasy gods punished me, sir. Punished me. You you came out on your own and was like, I'll never draft the Bengal. And then you draft the Bengal, and it doesn't and work out. And then it blew up in my fault. face. It's your own Destroyed fault. Destroyed me. Destroyed me. I told you it was going to happen. I'm a soothsayer, a prophet. It happened. Ruined my season. I still came prophet. in second, but still ruined my season. You're a moron. <laughs> no, the Bengals are morons. <laughs> yeah, the AFC champs played the You know the what Super Bowl. I should do just to, to help the Ravens? I should just draft nothing but Bengals because yeah. they'll all be there hurt by week three and we'll play the rest <laughs> of the season. There you go. Do it. Do it. I dare you. <laughs> oh, all right. Let's move on to the pass catchers. We'll go to Chicago. Darnell Mooney in 140 End targets last year. <laughs> oh, yeah, dude, over a thousand yards. It sounds good, but dude, he was only wide receiver 25. He was wide receiver 33 points per game. 58% catch rate, not my favorite. He had 13 games of five catches or less. 13. He had eight games of 50 yards receiving or less. Dude. Five catches is really just middle of the road. He was 62nd in yards of target, 69th in fantasy points per target. He was 7th in target separation, which I love, but his he doesn't have a quarterback that can get him the ball. On games where Andy Dalton played most of the snaps, Mooney had 7.5 points, 23, 17, 7, 20, and almost 25. He had one 20-point game with Fields. But also he had four games in single digits with Justin Fields running the show. He's currently wide receiver 32, man. But I see him going to mid-20s on some sites. I got him at 41, buddy. Well, that's your foolishness. Uh, anything I've read coming out of Chicago says he is just going to be a straight target monster. There's nobody else to throw to except our boy he's, Bellis Jones, who you adore so very much. So He's 80 years old. Juju Smith-Schuster is like two months older than Bayless Jones. Think about Isn't that. Isn't he, what, 25? But he's still, he's going to start. He's going to play. I know, you, I know you were big on him coming out of school. So, Moody's just going to get throw sarcasm. after throw. If, if only one out of every three throws is catchable, he still might have 10 catches a game. There's nobody else to throw to. to, throw to. Now, and kill Harry, he's out. So, uh, yeah. I, I know, who else are they going to throw to? <laughs> Cole Komet. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, I'm sure he'll. I mean, it he, I, I, Cole Komet again, just a late round tight end. Don't if you punt the t position, he's as good as anybody yeah. in that 
you know, tight end 13 to 25 range, yep. whatever it is. Uh, but I will tell you, move Pat- on to a real receiving crew. How's yes. that? Yes. This is Ross, a receiving crew, Brown, buddy. Amon my boy, St. Brown, my boy, wide receiver 22 last year, 90 catches, 912 yards and five touchdowns as a rookie. And honestly, that feels like his floor to me. He built a very strong rapport with Jared Goff by the end of the year. He, he was did. gangbusters from week number, 12 what, to number 17. two wide receiver for the last six yes, weeks of the dude. year. He had at least eight catches and 10 targets in each game. Dude, he, was he made 28th. him count. Dude, he was 28th in routes run. He was 13th in the league in catches. Dude, when he's on the field, he's getting the ball, and he showed enough last year. I, I don't know how he can't be Jared Goff's go-to guy. He was wide receiver 6, 27, 6, 6, 2, and 10. Dude, I am so high on him right now. I mean, why do I talk to you? Why do we I'm do un- this? Because I'm just weeks ago, when I put him in my top five, you did nothing but tear him up, rip him down, how stupid it was. Now, all of a sudden, you love him, and you're so high on him. So, who who are you? Why why do I talk football with you? Okay, You said he was top five for you? He's my wide receiver 22, so it's a little different. Yeah, but when you say 22, and then the way you just described him, Jesus, Peach, what about the 21? You want to have children with number 19? And <laughs> exactly, yeah. See, you are just an odd character, Kevin. I can I can really enjoy someone at their ADP or a little before w- without making him the best receiver in the league. Well, I don't think he's the best receiver in the league, and I don't know if he'll really become number five. But we both put in one player in that because we wanted to shake things up a little bit. He was mine. Mikey Mike Williams was yours. Uh. But I still think he's going to be awesome. But I just don't remember you having such love for him earlier. But the dude can play. He's fun to watch. Yeah. You never. He's another one of those ones. You know, every time he touches the ball, he might score. A lot and better if you want than to his it, brother. If you want to, <laughs> yeah, Equinemius Saint Brown, who's yeah. for the Bears. We just passed. We didn't yeah. talk about him. <laughs> he's he's uh, and, he used to be with the Packers. He just keep running around through the NFC yeah. North. And if you want to throw a dart at someone late, DJ Chark, Damison Williams, why not? Yeah, we. we we, we're liking this Lions team, so do it. Uh, well, however, it will probably be like yeah. the number six tight end, maybe seven. Well, he, was, he was tight end seven last year in points per game, you know, missing some missing some time. But um, he was tight end four, two going years six ago. now. What's that? He's going six uh, in tight end, gotcha. 62nd overall, ahead of Schultz, Goddard, Knox, Ertz, right after well, Waller. Even, even when he was tight end four, two years ago, he had more catches and yards a game this past season than when he was tight end four. So he was on pace. If he would have missed any time, he was on pace. Oh, yeah. a really, yeah. really nice year, man. He's he's good. He was number one in contested catch rate for tight ends. Yeah, he can play. Oh, yeah, he's great. Um, the Packers pass catchers, dude. I okay. I don't know. I'm not I'm not too pumped about any of them. Alan Lazard. He's huge. He's 6'5", he's 230, right? He was last year's wide receiver 46, and everyone's like, Alan Lazard, Alan Lazard, Alan Lazard. He's currently going as wide receiver 44. I mean, it's yeah. they think he's going to do what he did. La- Everyone hated him last year. He was nothing last year. But his current ADP is exactly, basically where he was. 40 catches, 513 yards, and eight touchdowns is what he did last year. Basically, everyone thinks he's going to do the same this year, according to ADP, but there's some – 
yokels out there just going nuts over him. Wait, and I, you, you used my yokels now? I don't, I don't know, Kevin. It's it, it comes out. I just open my mouth and things fall out. I'm not sure what it's going to be. I feel like Costanza now in your Seinfeld. You're stealing my babies now. Stealing my yokels. And you want to be my latex salesman. <laughs> Uh, well played. Yeah, I don't trust any of these guys. Uh, he's notorious for not throwing to rookie wide receivers, so Watson needs to get a year under his belt and might blow up next year. Other than that, there's not a single guy on here that I want to touch except for maybe two bucks. And here's the deal, dude. Uh, Alan Lazard's wide receiver 44. That's a little steep for me. If I got some, if I have three gambles and he, I want him to be on wide receiver four, I might do it. Wide receiver five. Sammy Watkins is going as wide receiver 71. Christian Watson is 56. Romeo Dubs, who's looking great in camp, he's wide receiver 106. That's probably going to go up. But, dude, Lazard was 80th in yards per route run, 47th in yards of catch, 38th in target separation. I just can't do it. I can't do it. Um, Robert Tunyon, no thanks. I'm out on him. You Any interest in Tunyon for nope, you? Zero. Yeah. Okay, good. Um, Justin Jefferson, dude. This is this is our last group here, and I just I could not. He's my wide receiver one. I can't Me love too. this guy enough. He was wide receiver six as a rookie, wide receiver four last year. Uh, I mean, w- w- he has all the receiving records for a player in their first two years. He was third in target share, first in air yards, eighth in red zone targets. I don't know. And what two geniuses called this two summers ago? Ding ding. That's right, yes, sir. sir. That's right, sir. Uh, how high would you draft him? Middle, depending on the league, middle of the first round. So I really seven, think he's going to blow eight. up in this offense even more. So it's it's hard not to think that, right? Yeah, I re- I really do. Thielen, I read that thing yesterday. How they're already saying they're designing very specific plays for him in the red zone. Like he needed more plays in the red zone. He does. Osborne, man, he was good. I played him that week in the once and done where he had like an eighty yard touchdown. Irv Smith's coming back. I called you on that one. Uh, like physically called, didn't even text you. Yeah, I called you. It was like great play, dude. Thank you. Um, yeah, JJ, I'm gonna, I'm gonna. In my really good record, you can only franchise one player per year. You either have to pay them the average of the top five um, salaries of that position, just like the NFL, or give them a twenty percent increase in pay, whichever is highest. In this case, that number is the exact same, fifty eight dollars. No brainer, because he'll go for sixty eight or seventy if oh. you throw him out there. So I'm, I, it's a lot of money, but I'm I'm getting a steal. And the only receiver we have a question with is Adam Thielen. He missed four games. He was still wide receiver 29. He was wide Rob receiver seven. Why well, no? Wide receiver 17 in points per game. He's got two seasons under his belt with over 1,200 receiving yards. Two seasons with double-digit touchdowns. He was wide receiver eight in 2020. He's going as wide receiver 30 right now. In his first 11 games, Thielen was averaging almost six catches a game and 62 yards a game and all 10 of his touchdowns dude that is some serious like numbers to put up yeah so i've been thinking regression all the time with the touchdowns he's very he he is a little more touchdown dependent than he used to be but then when they come out say straight up yeah we're designing all kinds of plays for the guy in the red zone like he like i said he already has a million plays in the red zone when they tell you that it's just like okay well maybe there's not going to be obviously they're going to Press the issue and have him scoring. He is definitely more of a floor player than a ceiling player. 
Um, I'm not going to get really excited about having Thielen on my team, but I'll be honest. If I'm rolling him out in my flex or my wide receiver three spot, I'm okay with that. I'm excited depending on where I, where I get him. Where's That's true. He, uh, okay, I'll buy where, that. Where is he going here? 30, wide receiver 30. Yeah, 30, 72nd RS. That's like the last pick of the sixth round. I mean, if I can get him there, I'm freaking excited as all hell. I hear a guy you. that potentially could throw up number one, number two receiver stats, depending, getting him as in the sixth round. That's that's how you win championships, baby. Not going to argue with you there. Uh, and then tight end, Irv Smith. Uh, he was a darling, but he's hurt now, so who knows if he'll even be ready for week one. Stream him. Stream him. I, I like, yeah, but he's one of those guys, I man, I'd love to have him as my backup just in case he blows up just a little bit. He's one of those dart throws that I'd really like to hit on that, like, man, the, the the upside there could could be nice. But then again, he might do nothing. Anything else for you, sir? I think I'm pretty good. I know there's some of the things we were thinking about, but it's 10.05, so. Let's roll, dude. Yeah. We'll get to it next week, no big yeah. thing. Or we'll post it on the uh, on Twitter or on Facebook. Thank you all so much for tuning in. Our tunes are by Flatline. Check us out on Spotify, YouTube, Facebook, and Twitter at GYBR underscore podcast. Again, it's at GYBR underscore podcast. I'm Ron Burgundy. So you see it now, don't you? <laughs> Kevin put a little nasty note for me in the show notes. He actually looked at it this time. I did it just tonight right for the show because I was afraid you'd see it. So that was my what I was alluding to at the beginning of the show, of course. <laughs> Get us out of here, sir. Okay. We'll see you all next week. See ya.